the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Faith is accompanied by a broken spirit and a contrite heart, and that's exactly what Jesus saw in that man. He didn't see the paralysis. He didn't see the physical need. Jesus saw that this person was desperate for more than just the healing. He saw his faith. Jesus saw his faith and the faith of his friends. Their faith was tangible. It was a pursuing faith. It was a persevering faith. It was a penitent faith. So Jesus gave the man what he really need. True faith that receives forgiveness is characterized by three things. Number one, pure intentions. Okay? Pure intentions. We intend to own up to our own failures and sins. The paralytic and his friends had no hidden agenda. They truly wanted the man to be healed and they had no expectations. But they truly had faith to believe. Their intentions were pure. Number two, they have a persistent instinct. Faith doesn't give up on God's grace and mercy. That's why we pursue it. Faith is pursuing God. Faith is pursuing God and persevering in that pursuit because we don't ever give up on the grace and mercy of God. And thirdly, faith that receives forgiveness is properly informed. They knew that Jesus' words are sufficient. They knew that Jesus was enough. You know what? I'm speculating, but I think that um, I really believe that, that it would have been enough for the man to have been forgiven. You know, I'm speculating, don't, don't hold me to this, but I think Jesus said to that man, for, for, I forgive your sin, your sins are forgiven. I really honestly think that that would have been enough for the man. He probably didn't, probably didn't have to, to, to have the healing itself. He probably didn't have to have the, the paralysis taken away. I think that at that moment when he, when he received that forgiveness, I think he would have been just as satisfied knowing that he has been forgiven and that his spirit, his whole being has been healed. And the reason why I said that was because when Jesus saw the paralyzed man being brought in front of him, and when he said to him, your sins are forgiven, there was a break in the story. Jesus didn't heal the man right away. I don't know if you noticed that. There was a a break in the story. The story shifted before the healing took place. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, and then there was, a, there was a momentary shift in the story, which brings us to the third thing that we need to consider about God's awesome power of forgiveness, and that is forgiveness, true forgiveness that comes from God will inevitably present a problem for people. Presents a problem for people. Look at that scene again. It says in verse 6 and 7, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Come on. I mean, you saw this person desperate enough to come to Jesus, and Jesus said to the man, I forgive your sins. Your sins are forgiven. Who would have a problem with that? 
Technically, no one. Forgiveness is a great thing, isn't it? Amen? That's a healing thing. That, 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 that. Forgiveness heals more physical wounds than anything. And yet, there were people there that had problems with it. How can, possib- one, how can anyone possibly have a problem with being extended forgiveness? In this case, the teachers of the law were angry at what Jesus said. Because for the first time in their hearing, Jesus admitted to be God. Okay? That's what really offended them. They, they, they accused him of blasphemy because Jesus, and if you, you know, if you, if you're one of these people who, who somehow believe that God, that Jesus didn't, didn't consider himself to be God in the flesh, this is a story for you. This is where Jesus actually said to these religious teachers of the law, oh, yeah, I am God because I just did this. <laughs> the thing that you dread the most, the thing that you think is the most blasphemous thing, I, you just heard me say it, you know. <laughs> and they could not accept that Jesus is the very incarnate Son of God. They have a very different understanding of God's power to forgive. They are caught up in the belief that God is a God of justice, and by that, they assume that God does not forgive without some kind of retribution. They saw the crippled man, and they were probably eager to see what Jesus was going to do, you know? They were probably excited about seeing something that they haven't seen before. Because in their mind, in the minds of these people, if Jesus heals this person, then they would be justified in their own lifestyle. What I mean by that is this. The mindset of people that are watching this thing, it's generally believed that when someone is crippled, when someone is blind, when someone is impaired, their view is that it was a judgment from God. That's their mindset. There must have been something that this man did that caused his paralysis. If not him, probably his parents. This was a curse from God. This paralysis was a curse from God. So their assumption already in their minds, that the reason why this person had this problem was because he must have committed some kind of sin. And for this person to come to Jesus, and if Jesus really healed him, they would be justified and they will say to themselves, okay, well, if this person, being a known lawbreaker, can receive this kind of healing, then we're probably in good shape because we are not lawbreakers. Okay? We, we didn't violate the law. If Jesus simply healed this person, then they would be reinforced in their belief that God truly have punished that person and God just shown him, you know, some kind of mercy. That's why he got healed. But they were caught off guard because Jesus didn't heal the man right away. Jesus came down him and says, your sins are forgiven. And they were flabbergasted by it. They they couldn't believe that someone would have the audacity to forgive someone's sin. Someone like that, they expected Jesus to come in and now that you're healed, you got to go to the priest and make sure that the priest 
validate that healing because you need to give your, your, you know, what you need to pay for that healing, that kind of thing that's going on in their mind. But when Jesus just simply forgave the person, it threw off their theology was messed up. They couldn't believe that this man can receive forgiveness without having to do anything about it. What was it that they had a problem with? They had a problem with God being a just God and a merciful God at the same time. And they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. Jesus showed them that He is God. It's not with the, the justice of God that they had a problem with per se. It's not even the fact that, they, that, 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 that this person has been forgive, forgiven. They have a problem with the authority of Jesus to do both, to be just and to be merciful, to be forgiving. They couldn't accept the authority of Jesus to both condemn or cancel sin. They believed that only God can do that. And they were right. Only God can either condemn or cancel sin. And here was Jesus showing it to them. And that's really what caused a lot a problem. But Jesus knew what was going on in their hearts. And Jesus was aware of this, this attitude, you know. So he asked them a question, you know, a very direct question. Why are you thinking that way in your hearts? And Jesus said, ask them, which is easier, to say this man's sins have been forgiven or to say to him, get up and walk? And Jesus said, so that you know that I have the authority, I'm going to do both. I'm going to forgive his sins, and I'm going to judge, I'm going to transcend the judgment that's coming to this man and healing him and setting him free. That's the awesome power of forgiveness. It transcends the judgment coming to us. And Jesus personified that, and he embodied that, and he showed that authority and it blew their minds away they couldn't accept it if jesus healed the person they would have been justified and they would have said to themselves okay well you know then i'm a lot better because i didn't need to he to, to be healed i am good <laughs> but if when but when they heard that jesus has said i forgive your sins they accused him of blasphemy so Jesus showed them both, which leads us to the fourth thing about this whole awesome power of God's forgiveness, and that is it proves God's perfect prerogative. Proves God's perfect prerogative. Look at verses 8 to 11. Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was uh, what they were thinking, and so they asked, him, they asked them the question, which is easier to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk, and Jesus obviously did both. And forgiveness proves that Jesus has that divine prerogative to condemn or cancel sin. And that's the good news of the gospel. He healed the man to show his divine prerogative to forgive sins, and he transcends the judgment that sin deserves. You know, uh, we cannot, you know, it's true with us today. So many people today in our world, sadly, cannot accept uh, the fact that God can do that. You know, unfortunately, 
we, we struggle with that. Uh, we struggle with the, the, the sovereignty of God uh, to, to exercise both, uh, you know, condem- condemnation and mercy. You know, I, I often hear this in discussions of, of, of this nature, you know, and, and the name that always comes up is the name of Adolf Hitler, the most despicable man <laughs> that everybody can relate to, okay? Uh, we can ac- accept uh, that real bad people, it doesn't have to be Hitler, name, name a bad person that you know. Uh, we cannot accept the fact that if people, the worst people that have ever sinned, we cannot accept the fact that if they repent, God will forgive them. You know, we struggle with that. We struggle with the fact that God is able to do that. God is able to take somebody even as, as despicable as Adolf Hitler. If that person repents, if God, if God sees that penitent repentance, that God will forgive them. That's really where it boils down to. If someone repents, and Jesus saw that this paralyzed man was repent, paralyzed man was repentant already. When you repent, and when I repent, God will forgive us, and God will show mercy. Now, I'm not talking about consequences and things like that. I'm talking about forgiveness. But it's it's hard for people, today, especially in our world today. You know this whole cancel culture thing you hear so much about. You know what that is. That is simply unforgiveness. That's all it is. You know what it is? You know, a celebrity or a, a politician or somebody famous have committed something or said something about 50 years ago, right? And it came up. There are people today who will cancel that person. Forget you. You know, you have made this homophobic remark 10 years ago. We're going to cancel you now. Some politician uh, said some racist things, and we're not condoning these things, by the way, okay? <laughs> Let me be very clear. So the things that have been said in the past 50 years ago, or whatever, whenever it was, okay, that was said, they were wrong. They were wrong things. But what does it tell us about this whole popularity of this whole cancel culture thing? That we struggle with forgiveness. That we don't forgive. And we simply will not forgive that's why we that's why we have this thing and unless we understand that forgiveness has to be instituted by God through Jesus on the cross we will have this rioting about this whole injustice issues that we're facing we're gonna continue to have it a hundred years from now until we realize that this thing has to come from outside of us The problem is we couldn't wrap ourselves around the concept that God is a forgiving God. He cancels our debt, a debt that we cannot pay. We have trouble accepting that, uh, accepting that it's God's perfect prerogative to decide to forgive those who repent. The paralytic man was repentant even before he was healed. That's why Jesus dealt with the forgiveness first before the healing. The problem is not with God's awesome power to forgive. The problem has always been our persistent sinning and disobedience to God. That has always been the problem. God has never had a problem being a merciful and loving God. The problem has always been our persistence 
in ignoring what Jesus has already accomplished on the cross. Uh, jot down Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. I don't think I put that in your outline. Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. I want you to pay attention to this. Maybe some of you will be cleared up on this issue. Look at what it says. It says in verse 26, If we deliberately keep on singing, sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Now, reading that, you say, well, there it is. It's clear as a whistle. You know, if you keep on sinning, if you keep on disobeying God and all of that, uh, therefore, God will not forgive you. That's how we interpret that. But that isn't true. This is, the scripture is a warning to us. The scripture must point us to repentance and asking God for forgiveness. This scripture is not intended to condemn us. Although it reads that way, it reads like if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. And we automatically think, well, God is never going to forgive me anymore because I keep on sinning and all of that. No, as long as you have breath in you, you have an opportunity to repent and be reconciled with God. And how do I know that? Because Peter said the same thing to Jesus in Matthew 18, 21 to 22. You remember this passage in the Bible. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered him, no, you have to forgive them 77 times. And Jesus was not giving them a real number. It was a figure of speech to say, as long as they repent, you have to forgive. Because that's how God is to us. Amen? I'm looking at people right now. You are not more righteous or more wicked. You are just a fallen person just like everybody else. And you know what? Don't take that parasitical attitude about saying to yourself, well, I haven't murdered, but I'm not a Hitler or anything like that. Trust me, you and I have violated the will and the law of God. It's just we haven't been caught. It's just that we've done it privately. But we all have sinned, have fallen short of the glory of God. And how many times do you think God will forgive us every time we repent? Jesus said, because I died on the cross, you have access to God's forgiveness as many times as you repent. Well, am I just being hypocritical? Am I just, you know, am I just not being... Listen, judgment comes to those who do not repent. It's pure and simple. If our repentance is sincere, the forgiveness will be sincere. Amen? And as long as you and I live and walk in this fallen world, there are times we will stumble and fall. Amen? Does that disqualify us from the forgiveness of God? Not according to Jesus. Jesus says, if you are not sincere, then I will no longer die for you all over again. You will get the judgment. But if you are sincere, doors wide open. You can come in. These people who say, then I can have the license to sin anytime I want. Listen, if you truly know the magnitude of what Jesus has done on the cross in order to secure that forgiveness, I don't think, 
I don't think anybody in their right mind will simply say, well, you know, I'll just do anything that I want. It just doesn't happen. Because there's the work of the Spirit that brings contrition and humility in our heart. And you and I need to really reconcile that. Reconcile that. It's God's divine prerogative to either condemn or cancel the sin. And there's a final point here, and that is forgiveness projects the power that produces praise. If we have truly received, if we have truly received forgiveness, if we truly received forgiveness from God, there's no other way for us to respond but to respond in praise. Wouldn't you agree? If you've been forgiven, wouldn't you praise God? He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them. In the Matthew account, the Bible says that this paralyzed man went and praised God. But in here it says, all of this amazed the people, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. God demands to be praised when he shows kindness and mercy and compassion by forgiving us. We need to praise God because he has forgiven us and canceled a debt that we cannot pay for ourselves. You know, let me close with this. Our nation is clamoring for healing right now. There's so much talk about healing the nation, healing everything. You want to be healed? We need to repent and ask God for forgiveness. We need to be forgiven of our sins as a people and as a nation. When healing is authentic, God is praised. When healing is authentic, God is honored. Until then, we're just putting a band-aid on our problems. Amen? We're just putting a, a temporary solution to our problem. You cannot legislate any kind of just cause, any kind of morality without dealing with repentance and forgiveness. Gotta get to that point. There can't be any kind of real national revival unless we repent and ask God to forgive us our sins. But no, we stick our nose up and we say we're going to take care of this ourselves. We're going to make sure that justice is done when everything are wrong, uh, when something is wrong and that we have the power to right all the wrongs. No, we don't. Only God has the power to right all the wrongs. And it comes with asking God for forgiveness. You hear, we hear it in the news. We want to heal the nation because of all the things that are going on. All the rioting, all the, the, the racism going on. You know, and, and it's sad because uh, a lot of the narrative right now thinks that, that racism only exists with one group of people, right? <laughs> I mean, when you talk about racism, they don't talk about white people. <laughs> racism exists in every culture and race. It does because we're all sinners. It's just that some people don't articulate it as good. It's just some people has a good way of hiding it. Where is the problem going to be? When is the problem going to be resolved? It's going to be resolved when men's hearts are changed. Now on a personal note, is there something that God needs to forgive you of today?
And that's not a light question. It's a serious question. Maybe God wants to heal your life today. Maybe your relationship. Maybe God wants to heal your attitude today, your mindset. Loved ones, it begins by hearing the word of Jesus. Hear him today. He wants to say this to you. Take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.